Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We do start a series today, Set Free. And, and, and I believe that this is a, such a timely, pivotal study that we're going to embark upon today uh, because I, I, I believe that, that, that some of us need to come to a, a, an understanding today that maybe we've never realized before. Do you know that God loves you and it's not based on anything you do? You see, we, 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 we live in a culture that um, we have to earn, um, we have to earn friends. If, if you know, if, if someone like, we, we work hard, don't we? How many of you have ever gotten caught up in that? Man, I just want to, man, I hope that I could be their friend. I want to earn their friend. I want to be a friend with them, right? We do that. We get sucked into that. And, and, and if, if you do something nice for someone or, or act the way they think you should act or whatever, a lot of times people will just, they'll, they'll befriend you, right? And then they defriend you sometimes too, don't they? Right? Um, we, we, we have to, we, we, we earn, we earn uh, promotions at, job, at the workplace, pay raises. We have to earn that, right? Um, we have to earn a living, it doesn't just not pie in the sky, just falls out, right? I mean, you have to earn it, right? And, and, and my concern is within this culture of we have to earn and we have to do in order to get, we've transferred a lot of that into to this thing called Christianity, meaning that in order for God to love me, there, there must be something I have to do, Pete, in order to earn that. L- let me just tell it to you right now, and then you can leave after I make this statement. You don't have to earn God's love. He just loves. He does. He does. And so that's, that's the premise. And so for some of you today, you're going to be set free from this idea that I must work harder or um, I, I've got to do more. I've got to, to, to all these things, earn God's love. I need to give more money. I need to be a better, kinder person. Nothing wrong with any of those things, but I'm telling you, that does not make God love you anymore. Because the reality is this, God is a personal being, and, and he wants personal relationships with every one of us in this room. You, you, you know that really since about day six of history, that, that this is what God's desired the most. When he created man in his image, God, even in that moment, we see God longing for and desiring to have a relationship with man and with woman. And for a period of time, things were great, weren't they? There was an intimacy that Adam and Eve shared with God. They walked and talked together. I mean, for Pete's sake, check this out. They were naked people. There was nothing to hide, nothing to be fearful of. There was no judgment. There was, they, they just, just relationship, just intimacy with God. But we know that that lasted for just a period of time. And for how long, we don't know. But we know that at some point there was a fruit binge that took place in all of creation. And we know that, 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 that in that moment that man and woman decided to do things that were a deviation of God's perfect plan. In, in the Bible, we would call that sin. Sin is, 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 is that word that we oftentimes use in settings like this that, that talk about how, how we have messed things up. You see, listen, God has a great plan for, for creation. And here's the deal. When, when, when creation operates according to God's plan, things are right. Things are good. They are. 
but, but there's, there's also something called sin that crept in early on in history. And it's really hijacked and messed up what God's original plan and intent was for his perfect creation. We call that sin, missing the mark that God has for our lives. And it's not that it just happened in the garden. It still happens today, doesn't it? In fact, did you know this thing called sin is something that all of us listening here today have in common? We all are sinners, so don't just get mad at, at our ancestors, Adam and Eve. Don't just point the finger at them because it's something that still is prevalent in our culture today. In fact, the Bible says that for all have sinned, all of us, we have that in common. Look at your neighbor saying, he's talking about you now. I know what he's saying. I know where he's going. I'm glad you came because you need to hear what he's saying, sinner. No, no, no. We all have that in common. We are all eat up with this. We all at some point in our life, come on, don't be uber holy. and Haven't you tried to do things that deviated from God's plan in your life at some point? Come on. Anybody? Am I talking to anybody? Bueller? Bueller right, Curtis, I'm glad you got your hand up. Yeah. We all have. We all have that in common. And there's a theological term that we, that we, we oftentimes give this the sinful pattern of our lives or the effects of, of sin in our life. It's, it's, it's this term, human depravity. That sound great. So seminarian, isn't it? But human depravity means that every human being is spiritually separated from God. That should be a capital G. Let's fix that for the next one. Totally incapable of saving himself. So, so, so listen, you and I can never be good enough to, to remedy our sin problem. Doesn't matter what church you attend, doesn't matter if you attend church. Doesn't matter if your family were believers or not. Listen, uh, some, sometimes people say, you know, I've just always been a Christian. No, you haven't. You've always been a sinner. But you've not always been a Christian. Well, my mom and dad, well, they were, and I'm thankful for that. But no, no, no. You've always been a sinner, and we've gone our, our way and, and, and done those things that go against God's perfect plan and will for our lives. And this, this thing of human depravity, we, we, we can't make ourselves right. We, 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 we can't save ourselves. When Adam sinned, there was, a, there was a dying that took place in his life, a spiritual death that took place. His relationship with God in that moment was severed. It was never the same, was it? What did Adam spend his days doing prior to the fruit binge? What did he do? He named animals. Come on. How difficult is that? Unless you run out. I mean, who, platypus? I mean, he was pretty creative when he thought of that one, right? I mean, that's what he did. But we know that, 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 that when sin crept in and that relation, man, he had to begin to really work. Birth pains came upon the woman. That they begin to understand, we are naked. Who told you you were naked, Adam, is what God said. How do you know? You see, sin severed what was perfect and what was right and what was good. And as Adam's descendants, check this out, you and I are also dead spiritually. We, 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 we are dead, it says in Ephesians 2, we are dead in trespasses. But here's the deal. Remember what I started with today. God loves you. And he desires relationship with you. And so he didn't leave us dead in our sin and in our trespasses. In fact, he gives us an opportunity to experience something the Bible would say, new birth. 
Look what it says in John chapter three, verse three. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, this idea of new birth, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Hey, listen, so what is it that gives you and I the opportunity to be made new, but also one day to see the kingdom of God? It's working harder. Is that what John three says? Going more. No, unless you experience new birth, unless a man be born again. The bottom line is this. We are sinful, and we cannot please God on our own good works alone. Throw, this, throw the next slide up for me, because I want us to read this together. Read this with me. We can never be good enough. Let's say it again. We can never be good enough. Listen, when we try to deal with our separation and our sin from God and our sin issue, when we try to deal with death spiritually that we've experienced because of our sinful nature, when we try to deal with that on our own, own terms, listen, we will fail. And what happens is that results in this eternal separation from God. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 begins by saying this, as it is written, as the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. Verse 11 says, no one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. Verse 12 says, all have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. You see, because of human depravity, we cannot save ourselves. But I'm so thankful that God did something about it. You see, because God demonstrated something towards us, and that's what this series, Set Free, is going to deal with. It's, 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 it's what I believe is probably the greatest doctrine of Scripture. It, it's, 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 it's this doctrine that is not only going to set some of you free today from, from some misconceptions and misguided information you've been given over the course of your life, but, but it is going to release you to, to a freedom and a joy that maybe you've never experienced before. I, I, this series is going to deal with this doctrine of grace. Grace. Now, grace is not something we say before we eat a meal. Grace is not describing an, an eloquent dancer or a great athlete. Or, or grace is not just saying kind words and, and doing a few good deeds. We're, we're, we're talking about something different, you see? It's God's grace that makes salvation possible for you and I. It's, it's, it's his grace. Listen, we sinned. We, 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 we did it to him. And, and, and we owe the penalty that comes with sin. You know what the wages of sin is death? What does the Bible say? The wages of sin is death, right? That's the payment for, for our sinfulness. Before the fruit binge, did Adam and Eve, were they ever going to die? I don't know. I just don't think that there was anything that would ever come against them. It was right. It was perfect. But then death crept in. And because of our sinfulness, because of that penalty of our wrongdoing, listen, we, we, we can't save ourselves, but God's grace can. You see, grace is that undeserving love and favor and kindness we had done nothing to deserve it, but God in his great love issues a grace to us. That's what makes it amazing. You ever heard that song? Amazing grace that saved a wretch. That means scoundrel, villain, a jerk, 
You were a rat. But God's grace reached down and saved us. Amen? And you see, it's, it's without God's grace. Without God's grace, none of us would ever have an opportunity to be in fellowship with him. What does it say in John 17, 3? And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So do you get it today? Listen, God and God alone is able to rescue us. We can't rescue ourselves, but the grace of God can rescue us. Aren't you thankful for that? Hey, have you ever tried to intervene on behalf of someone else and maybe try to pull them out of a, of a bad situation they found themselves in? Maybe there were some financial stresses. Maybe you had a friend that was going through some sort of battle with an addiction or what have you. Maybe for some of you, you've had a family member or a, a friend that's battled maybe some mental stuff. And, and, and have you ever tried to intervene in those situations? And you, you, you do whatever you can. If you love someone, you do whatever you can, don't you? You, you, you go to great lengths and extremes in order to, to try to help that person. And, and, and I'm, I know that there are testimonies across this room. And those of you that are watching us today where you say, man, we, we, we saw deliverance. We saw someone come out of it. But, 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 but listen, in order truly for someone to be set free from, from something that has enslaved them and entangled them, right? For, for, they have to want to, don't they? Because you probably can also recall times in which you've tried to help someone to no avail. Only to find that person fall back into the same place. And even our best efforts, listen, pale in comparison to the one who truly is the rescuer. The way, the truth, and life. I believe you are. There's a new horizon and I'm set on you. Can you meet me here today with mercies that are new? We sang that. All my fears and doubts, they can come along too because they can't stay long when I believe you are. You see, God's our rescuer. He, 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 he bends down and he rescues us. Well, what is this thing called grace? I'm glad you guys are asking. And some of you probably have a good handle on it. But for some of you today, you're going to be set free with this. I, I, I believe in order for us to truly understand grace, we need to understand truly what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Theologians would describe grace as this, the gift of God as expressed in his actions of extending mercy and loving kindness and salvation to people. You, you might say that grace is, is kind of a divine activity that, that enables God to, to confront human, human indifference and rebellion, but he confronts it with an inexhaustible capacity to forgive and to bless. Guys, listen, God's love doesn't run out on you. Uh, other humans' love may run out on you, but God's doesn't. It's inexhaustible. And you're not too far gone today. Well, I need to do something then in order to... No, you don't. Actually, you do. You need to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. <laughs> that is what you need to do. But it's not you doing more and going more and believing more. I need to jump. I better bounce with, with the first lady whenever she's bouncing down there. And I, my wife is getting her groove on today. Mm, I like that. 
may turn on some praise music when we get home and let's just have a party today at home. Amen? Okay, that's too much information, isn't it? But I don't know where I was going with this. I just kind of had a moment. I love my wife, by the way. I want you guys to know that. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Lord, redeem this moment. Grace. Y'all give me some grace right now, okay? It's just... Explain grace, yeah. Grace was present in the garden, but it's also present with us here today. I'm so thankful that God reaches down. He never gives up. He never pushes someone out to pasture and say, I'm done. You remember what his purpose was for coming, right? It's a great verse in the Bible. It's found in Luke 19.10 that says, for the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. You see, that's why he came, for sinners such as I, and just like you as well, he came to save us. When I was a kid, I, I, I learned a really cute acronym to help me with grace. I learned, Joel, you, you and I probably have a similar background growing up and, and grew up in the church, and I learned lots of Bible verses to songs, right? But, but I remember this cute acronym as a young boy that, that kind of explained to me what grace is. And it's this, God's riches at Christ's expense. Listen, the goodness of God that you and I receive and have an opportunity to sing about today and study about and live in are based on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. God's riches came with a price. Listen, riches aren't free. Even the person that won the Powerball had to pay a little bit of money in order that they had to do something in order to give themselves a chance to receive those riches. Amen. And let me say it again. If you're related to that person from South Carolina, would you send them my way? God's riches come to us, but it came with a price. You see, it wasn't free. There had to be something done to, to, to fix, to remedy this broken humanity, this sinfulness that, that was never a part of God's plan, God had to do something. In, in order for you and I to be the benefactor of, of God's riches and blessings, and hasn't God been good to us, for us to receive, guys, there, there had to be a payment for our sinfulness, and it came through what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. God's riches came at the expense of Christ. You, you, you see, we, we, we needed God to send his son Jesus to demonstrate this thing called grace. Because without him, check this out, you and I would be doomed. We, 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 would, we would be hopeless. There is, there is no hope for someone listening here today to live a life that is abundant and free, set free, a life of freedom. I don't think you can truly live that life unless you receive what God did for us through his son Jesus on the cross. That's why so many people check themselves into to clinics and, 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 and take courses and read books and, and, and try to better themselves. I want to become a better and more proficient in whatever area. I want to... I want, you, you, you can't. You're going to reach a level. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. 
You see, that's your key today, someone listening. Because you've tried to work more. You, 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 you try, I'm going to learn the memory. I'm going I'm to read the Bible in 90 days. That surely that's going to earn me God's riches. Or I'm going to go, I'm going to bring my family. We, we just dedicated probably 12 babies with their families up here in the first service. If I, if I just, surely if I just bring my, my child into the house of God and just have him, surely that's going to, no, no, no. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life. It's through what Jesus did on the cross that you and I are the recipients of God's great riches. Look what it says in Colossians 2. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature. It was not cut away yet. But then God made you alive with Christ and he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Aren't you thankful that Jesus came and he went to a cross for us? And check this out. This is really where, listen, Jesus had done nothing to earn the death on the cross. You know that, right? Scripture says that he was sinless. In fact, the Old Testament prophets prophesied about a spotless lamb that would be. You remember back in the Old Testament, the people constantly found themselves bringing the, the, the sacrificial lamb to the temple. And how many times did they slaughter lambs? How much blood had to flow? It was a continuous traditional thing. In order for you, your sins to be forgiven, you bring that lamb, that animal, and it's sacrificed, and the blood must flow. Jesus shows up. As the spotless, perfect lamb of God, sinless, but in the process of going to Calvary that day and in the process of being nailed to that cross, check this out. The sinless one became sinful because he took on the full sin of mankind. And just as was proper and fitting in the Old Testament that something had to die for sin, Jesus had to die for sin as well. I'm just wondering if there's anybody thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. That sets you free. You see, for those of you today walking around in chains and bondage, today you need to be set free by calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and declaring that he is the Son of God, asking him to come into your life, forgive you of your sins, and he will wash you and make you white as snow. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. Of Jesus. That song doesn't say me going more, giving more, knowing more. No, no, no. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Come on. Listen, forgiveness is free to you today, but listen, I want you to know that it's not cheap. It costs Jesus his life, and you don't earn it. But today he stands ready to give it to you as a free gift. But please know that it's not free. It cost Jesus his very life. You see, grace means to show favor or kindness to one who doesn't deserve it and can never earn it. That's you and I. See, I think that's why a man by the name of Nicodemus comes to Jesus in John chapter 3 and says... How can a man be born again? 
And Jesus begins to share with him. I'm not talking about a physical birth in order for you to be made new. I'm talking about a spiritual birth that must take place in a person's life. Receiving God's acceptance by grace. You see, it always stands in contrast to this mindset in our culture today. We've got to earn it somehow. That's, I've, just, I've got to do something in order to be in good standing with God, in order to receive his riches. No. It is finished. It is done. Through Jesus' blood and death, you and I can be made whole. That's grace. We had not done anything to deserve it, had we? But God in his great love for us saves us. You know, I love the, this idea of grace. It's, it's an old Hebrew term that literally means to bend down or to stoop. You see, that's what God did. God, God bent down towards mankind. He, 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 he came to earth. You, you, you guys know, well, I've already told you, spoiler alert, Christmas is coming, right? And many of you will send Christmas cards and we will sing songs that have this word Emmanuel. What does that word mean? God with us. You see, God bent down towards earth. He came to a fallen, broken, sinful world. He bent down. He, he stooped down. He became one of us. Doesn't it say in John that the word lived among us? He became one of us. He stooped down. He, he came to us and he, he bent down to you and I. He, he, he lowered himself so, so, so that we could receive this forgiveness that we desperately needed. It, it, it's it's uh, interesting to me that, 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 that Jesus never used the word grace. He never talked about it. But he lived it. Let me rewind the tape. You didn't catch that. Jesus never talked about grace. He lived it. He lived it. I'm reminded of a story in John chapter 8. There's a, a, a Jesus' response to, to this woman in John chapter 8 that had been caught in, in adultery. The religious leaders, the Pharisees of that day were, were constantly trying to, to trap Jesus. And, and, and I think here in John chapter 8, they were also trying to, to kind of trap him and say, hey, what would you do in this situation with this woman that's been brought to us? They were, they were trying to force Jesus, you might say, to, to judge the woman's sinful actions. And let me, just, let me just say something about that word judge. We're not to judge people. We're, we're, we're to love, Right? We, we, we are called to love people. This lady in John chapter 8 was a woman who was caught in adultery. And, and, and under their laws, adultery was punishable by death. Just let that sink in for a little bit. Adultery meant you would be put to death. Aren't you thankful we don't live under the old covenant, some of you? That we live under grace? Because you know what grace did in John chapter 8? It stooped down. Grace bent itself. And grace began to ride in the sand that day. And I don't know what 
he wrote in the sand as those religious leaders stood there with rocks in their hands ready, ready to take this adulterous woman's life. I don't know if he was writing some of the Ten Commandments, maybe, maybe to remind them, hey, you remember what, what the law said? I don't know if he was, was, was maybe listing some of their sins. I don't know if he was just writing, you guys are just idiots. You don't, I don't know what he was writing. But what we know in John chapter 8 is that grace bent down, didn't he? And, 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 and Grace offered something to this lady that was about to lose her life. Did she earn it? Had she done anything to deserve grace and love and forgiveness and mercy? No. What she deserved was death. Where are your accusers, Jesus asked her. Didn't, didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. Jesus said, neither do I. Then go and sin no more. Come on, somebody. Aren't you thankful that grace is for undeserving people? Because the wages of sin is death. This lady in John 8 should have died that day, but grace came and was issued. She was forgiven. But let me just say something else. I don't know if you caught it there in John chapter 8. Grace told this lady, go and sin no more. I don't know about you, but, but I just suppose there could be a lot of people think, well, if God loves me and there's nothing I can do to stop that, if God's always going to forgive me and, and his spirit lives within me, man, I can just continue to listen. Grace doesn't give you a blank check to continue to live like the devil. But because of grace, that compels us to pursue a life of holiness and to live for the one whose name we've taken on, Christ. Are you with me today, church? Aren't you thankful that grace is so amazing? I don't condemn you, but I forgive you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning, and our ministry team is going to come and join me down front today. Because I believe for someone in this room today, this idea of I don't have to earn it, I don't have to work for it, I don't have to do anything except confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and ask him to come in and forgive me my sins. Listen, today is the day of salvation for someone in this house. Hey, listen, Luke chapter 19 verse 10 is the purpose of Jesus and it's the purpose of this house. But verses 1 through 9 in Luke 19 talk about Jesus' encounter with a man by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. And in that story, Jesus makes the statement that salvation has come to this house today. Why? Because Zacchaeus became a different changed man as a result of an encounter with Jesus. You can too, my friend. Are you here today and you need Jesus Christ? Do you need Jesus Christ to come into your life? Have you called upon the name of the Lord and are saved? Listen, you, you don't have to be the same person you came in as today. You can become a child of God. What makes you a child of God is calling upon the Lord's name and being saved. That's what makes you a child of God. Being a child of God gives you the rights to a throne. You are heirs to a kingdom. It gives you the opportunity to live a life on earth that is abundant and free. And oh yes, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he believes that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Is that you today? you 
not against you. Sing that with us. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say. Do you know Jesus as Savior today? Come on, salvation can come to your house today. That's why we stand ready this this morning to receive you. There's no greater miracle than for someone who once was blind to receive their sight. There's no greater miracle than for someone who was dead to be brought back to life. Is that you today? Do you need Jesus? You come. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me against me let's sing who the sun sets free who the sun sets free who the sun sets free come on there's freedom oh it's free indeed I'm a child of God yes I come on do you need to be set free today Jesus is here in my father's in my father's you don't see that unless you belong to him Children of God, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Who the sun sets free. Who the sun sets free. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my father's house. In my father's house. Come on. God's riches at Christ's expense. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I am chosen. I am chosen. I am chosen. Not forsaken. Let's go. I am who you say I am. You are for me. You are for me. Not against me. I am Salvation can come to your house today. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Whatever you're facing that may seem insurmountable to you, I'm telling you, it's just an opportunity for a great God to step in and prove how awesome he is. Do you believe that? God, that's my prayer today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being loose. 
Thank you for calling those who once were walking in darkness to the light today. God, thank you for removing blinded scales off of our eyes so we can see the light for the very first time. Lord, I pray today for that person that's walking around enslaved to, to whatever it is, that today they would understand uh, that there is a chain breaker in the house today. You're able to cut away anything, God, that is, that is not your perfect plan and desire for them. And I pray today, God, that they would just come and offer that up and let us pray with them and encourage them in whatever they're facing, God. Thank you for being a God who sets free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your awesome name we pray. Everybody said amen. Thank you. Dismissed.